Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we give coaches and consultants practical ideas for taking you to the next level in your business and in your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who've walked in your shoes and offer real-world experience that you can apply to your own journey. Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I am just delighted today to be able to introduce you to someone I admire so much, Kyle Wilson. Kyle, welcome to the show. Meredith, my honor and pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, Kyle is a very unique individual, and he actually started his business 30 years ago, if I'm not mistaken, promoting seminars and booking speakers like Jim Rohn and Brian Tracy and Og Mandino. And a few years after that, he actually started the company Jim Rohn International, and you were business partners and really close friends with Jim Rohn for 18 years, right? Yes, Kyle? yes. And so there are so many speakers since then and authors that have worked with Kyle. People like the Chicken Soup for the Soul authors, Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield, uh, Darren Hardy, um, John Maxwell, Robin Sharma, the list goes on. Uh, the point is that Kyle is really good at what he does, and I'm just delighted to have him come on this program to share so many of the marketing um, principles that he has learned, used, and practiced over the years. Kyle, before we get into specifics, though, tell us a little bit more about how did you get here? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not your typical story. I I grew up in a small town in Texas and never went to college. I, I actually got in a lot of trouble. I remember when someone, uh, I was on a podcast and they said, wow, to have been partners with Jim Rohn, you must have been like the class president. You must have been highly successful. And I'm like, no, far from it. Uh, but at age 19, I had a significant emotional experience, changed my life, uh, started my first little business, which was a detail shop. And then a service station. Again, this is small town America. And at age 26, made the decision to move to Dallas to expand what I was doing. And I was just looking for a job. And through a series of serendipitous uh, things that happened, I got in the seminar business. And I went to work for Jerry Haynes and became a seminar promoter, which meant you made 100 phone calls a day, cold calling, mm. to book two to five uh, speaking engagements to go in and speak for 30 minutes, sometimes in front of a really great audience, sometimes in front of, uh, you know, a bunch of realtors that aren't even looking at you while they're working, right? And, uh, but at the end of it, you know, 30 minutes uh, trying to get value. But then I would offer the opportunity to go buy tickets to a seminar. And after doing that for a while, I became Jerry's number one guy. And one day he called, and this was in Dallas, and he said, Hey, Kyle, uh, Jim Rohn, and I've never heard of Jim Rohn, and he gave me a cassette of Jim, this is how long ago that was, cassette, and he said, I got Jim to come back out of retirement, and, uh, you know, Tony Robbins was just starting to take off, and he said, you know, Tony Robbins, myself, a bunch of us all worked back in the day for Jim, and he's the best in the world, I'm moving to Los Angeles tomorrow, you got Texas, run with it, and uh, 
you know, I went and listened to that cassette and I was blown away. And so that was age 27 and a half, 28 and uh, became Jerry's top guy. But actually uh, the business model was really broke and I wasn't making money. I'm the number one guy, but not making money. And I said, mm-hmm. listen, I got to go out on my own. I got to figure this out. And I, my, I was getting a couple hundred people in a room and my visions, how do I get 2000 people in a room? Mm-hmm. And I would go to the 2000 people events. Uh, a guy named Jerry Pat was putting on a Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, big event with 2000 people. And I was studying that I was studying all these different models. And uh, sure enough, went out on my own and uh, I couldn't book Jim anymore. So that first big event I did was Brian Tracy and Ogmandino. I moved to Atlanta and I got 1300 people. Uh, now that I validated, I could do that. I called Jerry. I said, can I hire Jim? And I was paying double what they were charging to get Jim because I thought Jim was the best. And uh, the next event we had 1800th and 2100th and 2500th. And eventually the model was broken. And uh, uh, Jim and Jerry, they split up, I think over 400,000 in the hole in debt. And at that point I said, hey, you know, Jim, uh, I don't wanna get in the way of what you guys are doing. He said, no, we have a broken model, it's not gonna work. So I said, listen, I would love the opportunity to to uh, have an exclusive to go market you. And that first year I doubled his fee and I went, took him from 20 speaking dates to 110 dates, doubled his fee. And I created a little marketing tool that went on to move 6 million of, uh, that was, you know, helped. I, I talk about the wheel and we're gonna talk about the wheel, but it was part of that. And then we just started creating products and, uh, Pretty soon, you know, people didn't know who Jim was, but if they heard him, they loved him and they would buy everything we had. And then what? You know, Jim wasn't the kind of guy that was going to create a lot of content. He had his talk. He was a philosopher. You know, he wasn't in the tape selling business. You know, he wasn't going to go just start creating content. And so I started another company called Your Success Store. And that allowed me to then have Brian Tracy and Les Brown and Mark Victor Hansen and many of those speakers come in behind Jim when I book him for companies and I started selling their stuff and booking them too. And uh, we built a phenomenal company between those two. Then the internet came in 1999 and we were one of the first to adapt and uh, one of the first to build a million plus list. And then uh, in late 2007, I ended up selling my companies and some personal reasons and uh, became a, a Mr. Mom and uh, unfortunately, Jim passed away in 2009, uh, but we had just this phenomenal run. And uh, as you know, I've been kind of back at it the last four or five years after six or seven years of retiring and just life's great. That is just um, terrific. And now you're involved with coaching and, and consulting, and you've got a really special inner circle of people that you meet with regularly to help them with personal development, to me, you're keeping the vision of Jim Rohn going with the way that you connect and interact with people. And one of the things I admire so much about you, Kyle, is the emphasis you put on relationship building, Mm -hmm. that it's not superficial from you, for you. Then the first time I met you, I could sense that, you know, it was where you and I had a strong connection because we are big believers in that. And anyone who speaks about you emphasizes that. In fact, I just recently watched a uh, testimonial from Mark Victor Hansen about 
what it was like to work with you. And he just gave you his highest endorsement and recommendation for anyone who is interested in looking for help, especially in the area of marketing. And that's why I'm just so tickled today that we're going to explore some of the key marketing principles that you have developed and lived by over the past decades that have served you extremely well. So let's jump into those because I think our listeners will find them really valuable for their own businesses. And let me just add real quick, the audience, uh, we have a broad audience, but more folks are consultants, coaches, speakers, and trainers who love what they do in terms of delivering their services, often reluctant about the marketing and sales side. So one of the things that I think they will value about what you have to share is there's nothing sleazy or um, gray about what you advocate. It's all up and up and all ethical and aligned with the values and principles that most people want to live by. No, thank you. That's true. True, true. Uh, Yeah, so uh, no, that's the perfect audience for what I do because, uh, you know, it's just like Jim Rohn. He was the talent, right? But the marketing was something he didn't really want to do. He wasn't good at. Now, the times have changed. Uh, You know, people come to me all the time. Hey, can you do for me what you did for Jim Rohn? And I'm like, no, you know, the the game's changed. There are no more middlemen. You know, publishers are out of business. Record labels are out of business, bookstores are out of business. So now what it is, it's incumbent upon each of us to know how to market ourselves, right? But I, I call it principle-based marketing and it's being authentic. You mentioned my inner circle. Uh, a big part of that is we have a community, but the people are so authentic. And a lot of that's been born out of, you know, challenges and hardships and mm-hmm. things we go through and, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's at one time I was a very type A driven guy and, you know, hanging around Jim Rohn for 18 years really helps you get philosophically strong about what's important, what's, you know, not important. And I, here's the wonderful thing. When you're authentic, when you're yourself, I mean, that's your number one marketing piece anyway. In fact, I'll just get started. I'll just jump in. Great. Yes, uh, I, do. I do have a lot to cover. And uh, the, the first marketing principle is that, Marketing simply connecting the dots. And as you said, it's not about being manipulative or being clever. It's just simply, you know, what's the most effective and efficient way to connect my product and service with the customer or with the prospect. And part of that is your secret sauce. Part of it is what makes you special. It really uh, drives me a little bit crazy when I see people have websites with generic memes that anyone could do. Right? Anyone, you know, there's tens of millions of people. That, that's the fallacy of so much of the online marketing world mm-hmm. is they make it sound like it's easy. No, tens of millions of people are doing it. And it really, um, it, it's something I'm against hearing some of these marketers talk about, oh, you spend a dollar, you make three on Facebook ads. No, 95% of the people are not doing that. They're losing money. And so, the, you know, the key is, really understanding what works and what doesn't work and building from your secret sauce. So anytime there's a website, in fact, I'm going to get to the four things about a website. So I'll put that on hold. I'll come back to that. Great. Here's my point is be yourself. The biggest thing you you lead with Mm -hmm. is your secret sauce. What makes you special? And also what are your goals? I was talking to a guy Friday 
who has this whole thing. He's building everything based on an opt-in that's getting people to say yes. I'm like, my friend, you're doing it the opposite. What you have to decide is what you want to be doing five years from now and work your way backwards and then create that opt-in. I said, the opt-in you have is creating entirely the wrong customer to take you down the wrong road. What, what if it all succeeds? You know, man, you've ended up in a place you don't want to be. So I always say, take your three and five year goals, look at the competition, look at the marketplace, decide what your secret sauce is and start connecting the dots. You know, what works and what doesn't work. I'm a big believer in testing, right? Test small. If it doesn't work small, it's not going to work big. So a lot of people jump in on big ideas and they've not tested them. So there's simple ways to test things. If we have time at the end, I'll give you a, a formula on testing. But that's number one. Marketing is okay. simply connecting the dots. So we, let's think about an example of someone that uh, you know of or have worked with who has a really special secret sauce. How? Tell us what that looks like. What's an example of someone who's taken that and used it well, either in their marketing on their website or whatever messaging they've done? I'll, I, I'm thinking of a guy who uh, it's a John Maxwell coach. And he doesn't look the part like he does. He, he's from uh, Canada. He's, uh, he, he's more of an engineer by trade and he's out competing and talking and sharing the same as 5,000 other John Maxwell coaches. And I had him take uh, a thing called it's discovering your secret sauce. And it's a six part thing you do. And it's pretty simple. I'm happy to share that if we have time. Uh, but from that, we found out, okay, three th his three core things. He loves to teach. He's a teacher. Number two, he's a wine connoisseur. Like that turns him on is wine. And, uh, and then number three, he's really into philanthropic ventures, almost to a fault. Like he, he just runs to the cause. And so from that, we rebranded him to living the life you truly want to live. And so his book cover would be him holding a glass of wine and he really then started doing wine tastings and, you know, to raise money for charities, but he started building the list. I'm going to talk about building a list and talking to the list. And from that, attracting people to eventually selling them coaching, but he's also monetizing his wine business. And again, him holding a glass of wine. If you, if you I'm not going to say who he is, but if you saw who he was like, okay, that's cool. But if you see him trying to be a slick coach, which is what he was trying to be, it was failing miserably, right? It just, he didn't fit the, he didn't fit the box, mm -hmm. uh, but he's being himself. He massively fits the box, but again, it's, it's finding that uniqueness. And I, I got to submit to you, like nothing changed with Jim Rohn in 1993 when he and I partnered, what partnered, what changed was me magnifying what made him special. And that's where I came up with those 365 quotes by Jim, turned it into a gift booklet that moves 6 million. And saying, I could name 50 stories of taking someone, and it's more to do with the bigger picture of the wheel that we're gonna get to than just their secret sauce. Mm -hmm. But I, in fact, when I get to the website, I'll, I'll dig deeper into your question. Okay, great, thank you. You bet. The All second right. thing, yeah, the second thing on marketing is it's a combination of tactics and principles. And tactics are everything from social media, having an email list, your website, direct mail, any kind of marketing, right? And mm -hmm. technology impacts 
are tactics, right? The same tactics that worked 20 years ago might be different today. Uh, I sold my company, sold the million plus list. When I came out after retirement, I was focused on social media because I knew social media was one of the quickest ways to build a list. I'm still into email lists. I'm a big believer in email lists, even though it doesn't work as well as it used to. But, and that's a whole rabbit trail we can go down. But I think the key is, uh, you know, social media, you don't own your list. If you have a podcast, you don't own the list. So it's imperative you get people from that are on your social media, on your podcast to opt into something, right? Because you do own the email list. And so, um, but you know, so I started focusing on social media and, you know, I always ask people how many have a hard time putting themselves out there and almost everyone raises their hand, right? You mentioned your audience. Well, I would say that's hundred percent true for my audience. My audience is a lot of professionals, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, but no one wants to go on social media and brag. Uh, you mentioned seeing a testimonial I posted about Mark Victor Hansen. You know, I only do that because I hope to get results. I don't do it so people can say, hey, look at Kyle, right? I, and so all of us, we have to put ourselves out there to get the result, not because we're wanting to brag. So here's my core question is, how much influence do you want to have? And that's what I ask everyone. It depends how much influence you want to have. And depending on how much influence you want to have in the marketplace, will determine how much you put yourself out there. And so that's the tactic side. Now, here's the other part of uh, the marketing of that is the principle side. And to me, there's four key principles that are more important than any tactic. Number one, having a great product. You know, if you don't have a great product, it's not going to multiply, right? Everything you do, if you can make it great, it's going to compound. And unfortunately, I see in my world, the, the marketing world, so much crap. And uh, so they're just churning through people. And so it's just this constant churning, which takes me to number two, uh, principle-based marketing is about relationships, being relational. Number three, it's about being consistent. You know, just like with your podcast, you're going to be consistent. With social media, be consistent. Number four is having great customer service. You know, how many companies spend tens of millions of dollars to have crappy customer service, yeah. right? They spend all this money to get a customer. Now, here's the opposite of bad customer service is when people refer you. You've referred someone to my project, right? Uh, almost everything I do, my inner circle, my books, almost everything I do is referral based. That's where most of it comes from as some sort of referral. Now that's smart. I call that smart marketing, right? Dumb marketing is have bad products, bad customer service that you're starting over every day. I call it hunting versus fishing is principle based. And then I'll sum this point up by saying, here's my rule. Cause I'm a tactic guy. You don't build a million plus list or fill up rooms without tactics. So I believe in tactics, but never let a good tactic override a principle. Mm -hmm. So, um, if I don't know someone on Instagram or on Facebook and they instant message me a solicitation, I'm friend them, you know, because why would I want, I don't know them. Now, if I know you sure, but if I don't know you and you're just friending me so you can go sell me, now that's a tactic and it probably works. If you do, you know, if you put business cards on windshields, it'll probably work eventually, right? But they, you know, that's gonna also violate a principle. And if I'm gonna build a long-term relationship with you where you'll spend money with me and you're gonna refer me, I have to figure out a different way. 
And I'll get to that. And, and actually, it's not part of my seven marketing principles, but it's a preliminary thing I always talk about. It's something Jim Rohn taught me. He said, to be successful, Kyle, you have to learn to bring value to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. He said, to be wealthy, learn to be valuable to valuable people. And so that's what I tell people. Learn to bring value to the marketplace, right? The being clever and manipulative never works, right? But learning to bring value is how you attract people. So number two is, yes, tactics work. They're important. I, I'm a tactic guy, but never let, let them violate a principle and focus on having great stuff, right, and being consistent and great customer service. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jim Rohn, I, I, I'm going to talk about at the end of this, uh, this thing called 52 Lessons I Learned from Jim Rohn and Other Legends. And one of the lessons is, Jim said, uh, the twin killers of success are greed and uh, uh, okay, the twin killers of success. This might be an edit. Uh, Quiz. <laughs> this is just, and this is like a uh, said it only a thousand times, right? Uh, the twin killers of su- so Jim Rohn said the twin killers of success are greed and impatience. Ah, and right, and so we, you know, we're in a hurry, and it's like having a vineyard. I, I had a vineyard at one of my houses and you know, they take about five years. And so if someone, and this, this happens out in the marketing world, Mm. people teach you how to have a vineyard in a month, you know, be leery of those people, right? It's not possible. It's going to take about five years, but all the time we want something quick and that hardly ever works. The third thing uh, on seven principles is being strategic and uh, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking about what is that one thing that's going to make the biggest difference? I'm a big believer in do less. There's only three, there's a lot of playbooks I've, I have, you know, there's a lot of things I can do. I've had just over 25 years, you end up doing a lot of different things, right? right. Whether it's books, seminars, online courses, whatever events. But now I'm very picky about what I do. I have it down to only three things and it's all got to be strategic. It all has to be synergistic. And so on number three, on being strategic is what is the one thing if someone's thinking right now, what is that one thing that if you did, it's going to knock down all the dominoes? You know, just because you can do an event, that doesn't mean you should. Just because you can write a book, that doesn't mean you should. You know, just because you can, you know, uh, create a product, that doesn't mean you should. You think, I always think, what is the one thing that if I did it, it's going to knock down my dominoes? And then that takes me to number four, and I call it the wheel. Like, you know, I'm from Texas, so a, a wheel with the spoke and then uh, uh, different spokes on the wheel. And in 1993, uh, when Jim and I partnered, I drew on a sheet of paper a big wheel and each spoke was a product or service. So if someone's drawn out their wheel, each spoke is your product or service. And here's the big question. How do you get people on the wheel and then how do you take them around? Now, a funnel says, okay, I'm going to get you in my funnel and I have an agenda. The wheel's not that. The wheel is how do you get on my wheel and then I'm just going to bring value. And then you pick the spoke you want, right? Mm-hmm. I have different spokes and some people, like I just did a two-day memory and marketing event with my good friend, Ron White. Some people come to that that don't come to do anything else I do, right? Uh, we have a common friend that came to that and it was, it's an amazing, it doesn't cost a lot of money. 
And you know, that was one thing he decided to do. And so I have different spokes and let, I let people pick what they want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but here's the big question is how do you get more people on the wheel? And so in 1993, that was my big question. And, and I went to the, here's four questions to ask when you're trying to think of a, the right spoke. Number one, is it part of your core business? Again, there are people trying, you know, they're struggling in their business and then they come up with an idea and they run it by me and it has nothing to do with their core business. Mm. It has to do with someone else's core business and they're going to go become an affiliate or whatever. I'm like, you know, yeah, you might could make that work, but it's not going to knock down the dominoes and it's not part of your core business. It's not going to be synergistic with everything else you do. Number two, is it part of your secret sauce, right? Is it something that accentuates what you're really good at? Number three, is it focused on the right avatar? You know, and that's critical. If, again, yeah. I was talking to a guy and he's got this thing that he thinks is working amazing. I'm like, it's drawing in all the wrong people. In fact, I, I again, I was talking to someone, I, I, there's, I'm just not going to mention some names, right? But I was talking to a guy, you would know who he is recently, and he had a great idea for me. And it was a great idea, except it's not going to attract the right avatar for me. Mm. So to me, it was short lived. I can make a few bucks on the front end, but now I'm working with a quality of person I don't want to work with. Like I've built everything I'm doing to work with the specific avatar, you know, that, that makes me happy. Right. right. I, I didn't retire and start all over to do stuff I don't want to do. And so your avatar is important. And then number four, is it strategic? And so for me, I'm always thinking, you know, is it part of my secret sauce? Is it the avatar I want? And is this strategic? Is it strategic? Is it going to knock down the dominoes? And I'll give you an example. I got a lot of these, but here's a really good one. More recently, uh, the real estate guys, they're the number one podcast. And, you know, they're good friends of mine. Five or six years ago, they had this amazing podcast, but they didn't have any products. And the, the, one of the guys is Robert Helms. He has the biggest development. He's a developer in Belize. And he's also an ex-real estate agent, brilliant real estate agent. And they said, okay, we need to monetize our podcast. And they weren't really getting them from their podcast onto an email list. I said, first of all, you got to do that. You know, you got to start putting in places in your podcast for people to jump on your email list. And so you got to give them some cool stuff. And second of all, you now have to give them a, a reason to raise their hand occasionally, right? And so, uh, you know, is it a product? Is it an event? And so Robert's so massively skilled, he said, yeah, I can do a, a real estate program. I'm like, true, you and 10,000 other people are doing real estate programs. How about if it massively succeeds, then what? Do you want to travel around the country doing real estate events? I mean, you're a, you're a developer. He goes, no, I don't want to do that. I said, uh, how about your development? Do you, are you selling uh, lots on your development? He goes, oh yeah. And I'm like, who, who would buy those lots? He said, well, typically syndicators. I'm like, do you know much about syndication? He goes, yeah, hundred percent. I say, can you create a syndication event? He goes, I can do that. And I said, well, here's the cool thing, create a syndication event. And since you guys are world-class at this, you've been syndicating for 20 years, then have a, like a high-end program, a $25,000 program, for those who are really serious and want to get mentored. So, you know, have a thousand dollar two day event, but then have a high end program. And now you're actually going to be training people to be syndicators that might invest with you. In other words, that knocks down all the dominoes. Mm -hmm. 
fast forward two or three years later, you know, they, they, they're filling up their syndication events. They have, you know, filled up their 25 K program, given massive value. And his development Belize is 80% full through the syndicators that came through their program. It was actually a filtering system, but that I have a dozen of those models happening. Now here's the thing. Could he have done a real estate program? A hundred percent, but that wasn't going to knock down the right dominoes. Mm -hmm. So it's always trying to think how can again, and we focused on his true secret sauce. We focused on where he wants to be five years from now we focused on the avatar and we focused on being strategic. So the now, will is really important. Yes. And I love that particular <clears throat> strategy you just described because too often we get so busy implementing tactic one, tactic, yeah. tactic three, <laughs> right. don't step back and really ask these questions that you are asking. I hope our listeners are taking lots of notes because what you're really talking about here is, uh, it's something I was reading in another book about taking a quantum leap. You can't make little incremental small decisions and expect to knock over all the dominoes. You've got right. to really zoom out and think about what's the one big thing that right. if I did that would take care of the others. And you mentioned this earlier. I see it applying here too, which is with less effort because it's so strategic and it's such an important piece of connecting all these other elements that it by itself can take care of so many things. So I, you know, listening to you for myself, it reminds me, this is the big thing we all need to do of um, not getting caught up in activities, right? but thinking through what you're going to have the greatest impact for me. And quantum leap in the right direction. Uh, good point. <laughs> I, I, yes. That's one, again, I do have some challenges with a lot of these online programs I, be, I see being sold. And even book publishers and all kinds of different things. It's not always the money people spend, right? Sometimes it's also outrageous what they spend. But the biggest challenge I have is it takes them in the wrong direction. And I've seen it too many times, you know, someone goes and spends a fortune and three years later, they're worse off than they were before. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just because, you know, someone's trying to sell a course instead of really having the experience or knowledge to help them. So it, it is about, you know, I think less is more. And again, for me, I've been fortunate to let things unfold, the right things unfold. And you have to become really good at saying no, I say no all the time. Right. But, uh, in the beginning, I get it. You have to try out a lot of things, mm -hmm. right? And I get it. And it's just throwing stuff up. But eventually, you know, as you as pe as uh, people start having success, they can whittle down uh, if if they're smart enough to do it. I, and I'll give you another example. I have a guy, uh, a, a little different. It's it's not the same example as the real estate guys, but it's example of what we're talking about. This guy is a really world-class coach, makes seven figures as a coach, works with some really big people. And he's also one of the most personal development-driven people I've ever met. Like he is a ninja at personal development. And back during the Jim Rohn days, you know, I was doing almost eight figures a year just in commodity products, you know, six CD sets, 12 CD sets. I mean, we were the masters. And he wanted to make a personal development CD. Uh, and I'm like, okay, that, that can sell for $60. 
and here you're making seven figures. You're charge, he was charging like 15,000 a day uh, for these CEOs to come spend a day with him. And I'm like, listen, just be great at personal development. Don't feel like you've got to make that into a product, right? Because now you're commoditizing yourself. So just because you can, just because you're great at it, doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. And that's hard for people, right? And just like this advice I got from someone last week, you know, I could go do something and make, you know, five or 10,000, but the amount of effort in the direction it takes me, and it's not going to knock down any dominoes. And I'm dealing with the lower, you know, quality of avatar or, or prospect than what I want to deal with. Here's how, and again, back to funnels, you know, people think a funnel is free and then $39 and 200 and 500 and a thousand. Uh, not mine, you know, mine is free and I have a lot of free, you know, tons of free. And then, you know, but to engage with me, something that's going to be part of my life, you know, it's in, it's in the thousands, but I'm content to give it all, everything else away. And if they're the right person, you know, then, you know, whether it's my inner circle or books or coaching, right? I don't, for me, I don't want a $500 product. I've had them a lot mm -hmm. and I just don't want that right now. You know, it's like, but I make up for it by giving a ton away free and the free doesn't have agendas. It's not like free and then you're on a, you know, 10 emails. Not that I'm against that. I do have some of those that I've done in the past, but again, it's just working through what works for you. You don't have to always, and that's how I, I always try and put myself in the customer's shoes, you know, what, what, what made me buy? Why am I interested? Yes. And, and kind of walk through that direction. But yeah, it's, a, I was talking to a guy who doesn't have, uh, you know, he's not doing an email list. He, he's not doing any of that. And he's like, I don't want to have to deal with all that. And I said, Tim, I have more free time than you do. All mine is systematized. I send out an email you know, if, if they want to do this, they go through an application. If they want all this free stuff, it's here. But it's, it's, I don't get sucked into having a breakfast or a lunch or jumping on a phone call with someone. You know, I'm like, no, here at my website, I have, I answer all those questions. It's in my blog. Everything you need to know is there for free. Or you can be part of something I'm doing, right? But I don't get sucked into all the other stuff. Like he, he probably spent more time trying to go through things because he didn't have he wouldn't actually, you know, uh, have the systems in place. Well, let's get on with, uh, I think this is another one of your principles, this whole idea of once you get them on the wheel, communicating with them and right, a right. relationship. Right. I always say, uh, you know, after the wheel, you know, you're, it's build a list. And one of the big challenges uh, is people have a box of business cards, right? Uh, you know, that they've collected and they've never actually put them on a list. And I'm a big fan of AWeber. Uh, you know, there's uh, constant contact. There's a lot of those, but just keep it simple. Find a way to put them on a list and then just start talking to them. You know, once a week, every two weeks, once a month is better than never. And here's the other challenge. Some people think they have to be so on point. Uh, they don't. Listen, uh, I have a guy who's a syndication attorney. His audience is very narrow. And a lot of people on his list, they were hot today, but they're not tomorrow. He doesn't have to always talk syndication. He can talk about all kinds of stuff. He can say, hey, I just saw Robert Kiyosaki. Here were three great ideas he gave. You know, it's April 15th. Are you, uh, is your company paying your kids 
you know, 6,500 a year that they can deduct, the company can deduct and your kids can then put that in a Roth IRA. So that's valuable to everyone. Now, how do I know this? Because I interviewed them once at my inner circle and everyone's fallen asleep until we talked about that. And then they go, oh my God, that's because everyone's a parent or a grandparent or an uncle or an aunt. And so again, same thing with your list. It doesn't always have to be your brilliance or your idea to a specific avatar. Sometimes it's just putting good stuff out. Mm -hmm. You know, Tim Ferriss, who is one of my favorites, you know, he said, listen, I have 10 different types of people on my list. So every podcast, I'm focused on one of them. So after 10 podcasts, I've talked to them all. And I got to tell you, when I had my million plus list, I was the same way. I didn't try and talk to everyone all the time. I would just put out stuff. And the key is that they don't unsubscribe, which they will if you're always trying to sell or, you know, it's manipulative or you're wasting their time. Uh, so yeah, build a list and talk to the list uh, are critical. And, you know, all these years I've known authors who have built lists and authors who didn't. I know speakers that built lists. I know speakers who didn't. I know doctors who built lists and doctors who didn't. And if you're going to build a list, you're going to win because now you're fishing, you know, Anyone I meet, I get my 52 lessons and then I just talk to them. And sure enough, every time I send one out, right, and it goes out automatically every Friday, but sure enough, one's going to hit a person at the right time, the right place with the right message. And then that's when they, you know, send an email, right? Mm -hmm. I let it do the work. And so you build a list and then you talk to it and you let the list do the work instead of hunting and chasing you just put good stuff out. And it's incredible how that all works itself out, you know, if you're consistently talking to it. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like what you've done with the 52 weeks is it's a, a weekly email that you've got set up to go out automatically once a week. So for a whole right. year, somebody's going to hear from you on that particular list. But then do you also have other messages that you sometimes create and also send to those people in addition to the weekly messages? Yes, yes. So I, I intentionally send out my 52 lessons on Fridays because if you are going to market, Tuesdays are one of the better days. And so I have it, and I don't do it very often, you know, where I do like a, if I was going to really be on a campaign, I might do Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So I have it. I don't want someone getting two emails in the same day, okay. right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's when your unsubscribes go up. So mine go out every Friday. And then I talk to my list uh, on Tuesdays. And, you know, how I did the 52 lessons uh, at the time, I, again, I'm thinking, okay, some people are Jim Rohn fans. Like when I spoke at your group, right? Mm -hmm. One person came up to me and he was a Phil Collin, a Def Leppard fan. I just filmed with Phil Collin. And another person was a Darren Hardy fan. Another person was a Jim Rohn fan. So I created these different hooks. You know, some people are John Maxwell fans, Les Brown fans. So I created this every week was a different lesson. And it was from collaborations uh, with a marketing default. And I wrote them every week. So I started offering the 52 lessons before I ever wrote my first lesson. Right. And so that's, that's one of the hacks on that is if you're going to offer a 12 week something for free, you can have a weekly deadline and, right. and create it. And so it took me a year to write the book. At the end of the year, I had a book written, right? And now I want to replace about 20 of those. Like I've had such amazing stuff happen the past couple of years, like Hal Elrod recently and 
just different opportunities where it's like, okay, I think I'd rather use that lesson. Mm-hmm. Maybe on a week I kind of struggled to come up with a lesson. But honestly, uh, I, I'm debating if I like the 52 lesson format because uh, it's a lot for people to digest. I think if I had to do it again, you know, I might do more like 12 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so it has its advantages and disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Well, let's wrap up now. I just noticed the time. It's just, we could talk for hours on this, yes. Kyle, because you are such a wealth of knowledge. But let's zoom in on the other um, principles that you wanted to cover for those seven. Yeah. Uh, so, so one more. We'll, we'll wrap up on this one. Is uh, social proof and testimonials. And yeah. the, the place I like to really focus on is your website. So Jeffrey Gittimer, I don't know if you know Jeffrey, you know, he's Charlotte, North Carolina. I was on his podcast. He spoke at my Philly inner circle and uh, he said, Kyle, where do you live? I said, Jeffrey, you know, I live in Texas. He goes, no, what's your address? Why why don't you go announce on Facebook your address and people come by and see you? And I'm like, okay, that's not going to happen. He goes, of course not. He said, here's where you live. Let me straighten you out. Here's where you live. You live on your website. You live on Facebook, you live on Instagram, you live there 24 seven. I'm like, wow, that's so well put. You know, people can find me 24 seven on social media, 24 seven on my website. So I want to make it great. So I have four key things you want at the top of the fold for your website. This was true in 1999. It's true today. Nothing's changed in my opinion. Uh, Number one, you want a brand with mystique. So with Jim Rohn always thought, what, what's the mystique? So before anyone scrolls down, I want an image of you and I want it uh, with mystique. I want it to be something that brands you correctly. Number two, I want three or four bullets that sum up your secret sauce. They're talking to your avatar. They, they sum up your social proof. Now, most of us have more than three or four, you know, because of my avatar, I don't put I'm the co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Entrepreneur Soul. I keep it focused on Jim Rohn. Like Jim Rohn's my number one avatar. I keep it focused on I created products or did events, right? And then the third thing you want is social proof. And so for mine, one of my secret sauces is I do have a lot of great testimonials from big names that are recognizable. So my website's a little bit over the top gaudy, but it is my secret sauce. So I have a bunch of photos of, you know, Jim Rohn, Brian Tracy, Darren Hardy, et cetera, right? Phil Collin of, you know, athletes, Todd Sotomayor, and you hover over it and it's got a quote, right? A, a testimonial about me. But I recommend everyone has a different testimonial of some kind. So you want social proof. Yeah. And number four, you want to opt in, uh, some way for someone to opt in. And we're going to tell people how they can get my 52 lessons at the end. But when you go to my website, check out, my opt-in. It doesn't look like most opt-ins. It's, it's kind of cool looking. It was my own design. And I got to tell you guys, I'm not a tech person, but I am the architect of my website. And I've always been that. Way back in the day, I was that. So are you going to go uh, build a house and not have any opinions about the house? You say, hey, you go, I'm going to pay you to build it and you spilled it and I'll come show up and look at it. No, but people do that with their website. They, they don't do the work of saying, here's what I want, because most web people are not marketers. They pretend to be, they charge like they are. What I want is a web person who'll do what I ask 
even though I have no idea how they're going to do it. Like I don't have to understand the sausage making. I just say, I want it to look like this. So when you go to mine, whether you like it or hate it, it is my design and it's built on my secret sauce. It's built on my social proof. It's got testimonials because that's important because again, some people don't know who Jim Rohn is, but they know who Tom Ziegler is, right? Or Les Brown. And so that's what you want. You want different hooks of social proof and okay. testimonials. And, uh, and so again, uh, it's not, if I say it, it's bragging, but if you say it, it's proof, right? So having these testimonials yeah. of other people saying great things about you. Yeah, that's so critical. It, it really does do the heavy lifting for you. Right. To have somebody else, because it, it actually warms them up and then you, you don't feel like a stranger. Uh, to them because if it's someone whose opinion or whose work they already know and respect and they see that the, they have said positive things about you, it just shoots your credibility right up. Right. And again, just taking this home, I, I was reading a story today by someone in a future book and she mentions Jack Canfield and she makes some, mentions Billy Zane uh, from the movie Titanic. And I go to her website where she's sending people and there's no picture of either one of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And her pitch, it could have been anyone's website. She could have been one of a hundred million people. So find out, we all have it, whatever it is. Maybe someone was in the military, whatever it is, get pictures. I'm a, I'm a, I'm not as big a fan as me personally of video. Like I don't watch videos. So if someone has a video, that's fine. It's fine, but make sure you have a picture. Like a picture tells a thousand words mm -hmm. without, if, if someone doesn't know you, it's hard to ask them to indulge and watch a video. So I want a picture. I want, you know, Todd Sarver, our 15 year major league baseball player, three time world series. Uh, I have Seth Mosley and no one would recognize Seth, but the guys won two Grammys and written 800 songs and 16 number ones. That's what I put on there. You know, it's a picture right. with a tagline. And so everyone's got social proof if they connect the dots, right? And think who your avatar is, who you're trying to reach. Mm -hmm. That's great. Kyle, these have been so valuable. I mean, I haven't tried to take notes. I'm glad I'm recording this. <laughs> because <laughs> I'll go back and review this. And I encourage our listeners to do so because you've shared some really important insights and practical useful ideas that they can actually implement including what you just said about websites so uh let's keep the uh openness going and have you share your actual website and how they can get the um 52 lessons because that's sure and i will say on it, it, it's it's kylewilson.com k-y-l-e wilson w-i-l-s-o-m Com. And if they go to my blog, you know, just tip blog when they're there, I tell how to find your secret sauce. I talk about the websites. A lot of it, I go into it into depth. There's over a hundred blog posts. And, uh, but if you go to kylewilson.com, you'll see 52 lessons I learned from Jim Rohn and other legends. You just put in your name and email and uh, you'll get your first lesson. And then every Friday you'll get another lesson. That's great. Well, I know that you'll probably have a big increase in your options as people Good. listen to this because you've just shared such a wealth of information. And I want to thank you again for being my guest today. It's been, hey, it's been my so honor. I really appreciate you. And uh, I, I, I'm so glad I met you. I'm so glad you're part 
We're part of the book together, Purpose, Passion, Profit. I love your story. I think you were the second or third story in the book and yeah, uh, uh, really hit it off and, and just the relationship mindset you have and being a giver. And so thanks so much for having me on. It's my honor. Oh, thank you. Yes. And before we close out, I just want to mention that's another um, thing that Kyle has to his credit. He has helped over 200 authors, including me, achieve number one bestseller status. And so I'm very grateful for that. So that's another whole area of marketing that Kyle is so uh, smart, experienced about in terms of getting a book out and promoting it and, and having it work for you. So thank you for making that contribution to the world no. and to me too, Kyle. And yeah. that is Purpose, Passion, and, and uh, Profit is the yes. book that I participated in with Kyle. No, thank you. And we, we tried to find out, again, how do you bring value? And so like 15 different boxes we give you know, people to check off, including celebrity authorities and things like that. So again, it's back to how do you bring value and then attract the people that it's a good fit for. Yes. Well, thank you again, Kyle. And thank I'll you. be listening to this again soon. Okay. And I hope to uh, get to have another conversation with you soon. Okay. Thanks, Meredith. Talk soon. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com to learn how our tools can increase your impact with clients and expand your business. And while you're there, grab our free ebook, The Five Secrets to Getting Better at Anything. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell. Make it a great day.